0: This is. Marking out. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro
1: Wrestling Fans. We Marking out, y'all. Marking out. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking out, y'all. Credit like fists. Pro Wrestling Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking out, y'all.
0: Marking out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of Marking Out, Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 574, and I'm here by myself. I am Brandon. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at bttg161. You can follow Chris on Twitter at chrissweendog and Instagram at uh, sweeney 85 and uh, you can follow Dave on Twitter and Instagram at DavidPTDPT. Collectively, you can follow us on Twitter at Out, on TikTok at Out, on Instagram and YouTube is Out 11 Check out ProWrestlingTees.com slash MarkinOut to uh, pick up some merch. There's a brand new Grizzled Pod Veterans t-shirt. It looks beautiful. Check it out there. Also use the code REGARDLESS for 20% off and free shipping over at manscape.com. And of course, you can listen to past, present, and future episodes at marketout.com, Spotify Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. As far as uh, my week, I'm doing awesome as always. I didn't really do much, but we had a big pay-per-view this past Saturday in St. Louis, Missouri. The WWE Royal Rumble. A lot of controversy surrounding this event. (laughs) But, and also I was surprised there was no kickoff show, but this was their first um, stadium show of the year. And it opened up with Seth Rollins picking up the victory over Roman Reigns via disqualification. So Roman Reigns retained the Universal Championship. From the start, man, Seth Rollins came out in shield gear through the crowd with their theme song. I thought that was awesome. He even powerbombed Roman Reigns through the commentary table pretty early on, which they called a shield bomb. I don't think it could be a shield bomb without two other people there or at least one other person there. But I really liked this match. I liked Seth Rollins reversing the spear with a pedigree, which we've seen him do in the past to Roman Reigns. Seth Rollins basically laughing at Roman Reigns throughout the whole match. And he tried to put his fist out. Roman Reigns chokes him out. Charles Robinson raises Seth Rollins' arm. And when he puts it down, it lands on the rope. And Seth Rollins was out pretty much, but his arm was on the rope. Roman Reigns wouldn't let go of the, the choke hold. And that caused a disqualification. And a lot of people complained about this, but I thought it was pretty good. Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins got in the head of Roman Reigns. I think that worked perfectly. Everyone's like, ah, DQ finish. And it's like Seth Rollins got Roman Reigns to the point where he did not care about losing the match. It wasn't about the championship in that that moment. Seth Rollins was in Roman Reigns' head, and I thought it worked out perfectly fine uh after the match Roman Reigns grabbed a chair and hit Seth Rollins in the back just like Seth Rollins did to Roman Reigns when they when Rollins turned on the shield and he hit Roman Reigns uh, I mean he hit Seth Rollins a bunch of times with a steel chair just like Rollins did to Reigns I think that was absolutely perfect after that we had the women's Royal Rumble which opened up with Sasha Banks with some cool Sailor Moon gear. I must put that over. And Molina at number two. Um, they posed a little bit. And Molina was eliminated pretty quickly. Which I know people were complaining about. But Tamina came out. We had a nice little team bad interaction there. Kelly Kelly was number four. And she put herself at risk. And Sasha Banks took advantage of that. We saw Aaliyah and Liv Morgan together. Which was cool, probably for them because they've been friends for a really long time. Queen Zelina came out and eliminated Sasha Banks, which was very unexpected. Also, something cool, not to me, but I mean, it, I mean, it is still kind of cool. But the voiceover for her for her theme song at the Royal Rumble was the person that was. The anime character she was dressed as. So I I do think that's cool. But I don't care about anime. Uh, We saw Bianca Belair. And I was very surprised that we didn't see Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair together, really. But Dana Brooke came out. She got saved at one point by Reggie. Michelle McCool looked fantastic. It looks like she could still, like, be in the WWE on the main roster today. Sonya Deville came out and joined commentary. And to me, it seemed like she should have been eliminated because she didn't make it in by the time Natalia came out. But we saw Cameron make her WWE return for this match and Sonya Deville was on commentary and found out that Cameron used to be a Funkadactyl and in a team with Naomi. So she went into the ring and basically beat up Cameron took her out of the match. Also a lot of people complaining about Cameron being in there. She went into the match, hit every single spot she was going to hit and looked perfectly fine. I'm pretty sure when she did the AEW match 2 years ago now, it was perfectly fine as well. So you're holding on to something that might not be there anymore. 14, we saw Naomi. She came out, she helped Cameron up, and then got into the ring, brawled with Sonya Deville, and eliminated Sonya Deville. I wish we got some sort of little interaction there, more than what we had outside of the ring with Naomi and Cameron, but that's fine. Carmella was in there, Rhea Ripley came out, and took both... Carmella and Queen Zelina out by the, by herself, so that I thought was pretty cool. Charlotte came out, and Naomi ends up saving herself from Flair, but Sonya Deville ends up pulling her out to eliminate her. We saw Ivory come out as right to censor, which I popped big time for. She cut a promo on the women of today and got taken out by Rhea Ripley mid-promo which I thought was absolutely fantastic. I thought that was a great spot. Ivory has not aged in 20 years. Bree Bella came out and got some nice yes chance. I thought that was a nice thing to hear again. Mickey James was in there, came out with the Impact Knockouts Championship, came out to hardcore country. I thought that was really great to see. And it was cool to see her and Michelle McCool together because they feuded at one point. Alicia Fox was in there. Nikki A.S.H., who had a really cool now a spotlight 3D graphic above the ring. I thought that was cool. But Nikki A.S.H. came from behind and tried to eliminate Rhea Ripley. That didn't work. But Summer Rae... Ends up being one of the the next competitors. She went after Natalia, so they had some of that. She didn't really get a a lot of time in the ring, so that kind of sucked. Nikki Bella was out. They had a little Team Bella reunion between Harbree and Alicia Fox before the Bellas eliminated Alicia Fox, or maybe Nikki eliminated Alicia Fox. I like that spot. Sarah Logan was in it, which was very surprising. She didn't last long, but maybe we can see the Bellas versus Ryan Squad at WrestleMania. Probably not, but it seemed like that's what it was setting up. The Bellas took out Liv Morgan. The Bellas took out uh, Sarah Logan. So. We saw Lita come out, take Mickey James out of the match. She goes face to face with Charlotte Flair. Mighty Molly came into the Raw Rumble and got beat up by Nikki A.S.H., and Nikki took her out of the match, which I like that interaction. Number 28, Ronda Rousey. I, I mean, we probably should have all expected that. But she came out, worked with the Bellas. I thought that was fun because we've seen her work with the Bellas in the past. At Evolution. Bree ends up taking Nikki out of the match. A little payback for the Raw Rumble 2018, perhaps? Shotzi Blackheart was number 29. Shayna Baszler, of course, number 30. And it was cool to see her and Ronda Rousey have like a mutual smile between each other. Both horsewomen. Uh, I liked Natalia getting eliminated twice. <laughs> I thought that was funny. And then, which I guess... I don't know if they're calling that a record or what, but I believe at a tie was eliminated once like three times, but the final four, we saw the horse women, Shayna, Ronda Rousey, Charlotte flair and Bianca Belair finally came down to Charlotte and Ronda Rousey. And then Ronda Rousey won. I think it wasn't necessary for Ronda Rousey to win. I think we could have gotten to her WrestleMania opponent without the Royal Rumble victory. So that's my one complaint, but ultimately it doesn't matter. Like, I, I'm fine with Ronda Rousey winning this. I just wish it would have went to somebody else. After that, Becky Lynch picked up the victory over Dewdrop to retain the WWE Raw Women's Championship. And I think the Raw Rumble match took a lot out of this because that Royal Rumble match I thought was really good. I would say Roman Seth was my first favorite match. And then the the women's rumble was my second favorite match, but I don't know that maybe the, the women's match being so good and the, the WrestleMania sign being on fire from the pyro from the raw Rumble Maybe that took away from this. I liked Becky Lynch hitting the Molly go round. I like the manhandle slam from the second rope. I don't think anybody is surprised by the outcome of this match. After that, Bobby Lashley picked up the victory over Brock Lesnar to become the new WWE champion. To me, this was a match you would have somewhat expected it to be. I like the match. A lot of German suplexes. Bobby Lashley ends up getting the hurt lock on Brock Lesnar. That led to a referee getting squashed in the corner. And then Lashley locks in it in again. Brock Lesnar hits an F5, which hits the referee. Roman Reigns comes out, spears Brock Lesnar, made Paul Heyman give him the WWE Championship. And Paul gave him the WWE Championship. And then Roman Reigns hit Brock Lesnar with it. it was a, To me, that was very unexpected. My fingers are still crossed that Cesaro gets added into this match, though. I don't see that happening, but it'd be really nice. After that, Edge and Beth Phoenix picked up the victory over Miz and Maurice. I saw a lot of complaints about this match. About how it wasn't necessary, it was boring, blah, blah, blah. I thought this was a fantastic match. I like that both teams had matching gear. Beth Phoenix paying tribute to Luna Vachon with her eye paint and her hair. But I like this match. I liked Maurice trying to stop the hot tag at one point. We saw Beth Phoenix beat up Miz, which was nice. She powerbombed him even later on in the match. Maurice again using her purse with the brick in it on Beth Phoenix. Also, I don't know if we've ever seen Maurice hit a Hurricane Rana. But she hit a Hurricane Rana off the top rope to Edge. I thought that was cool. She hit the French kiss on Beth Phoenix. Miz hit the skull crushing finale on Edge that I thought was going to be the end of the match, and they kicked out. And then him and Maurice went for a double skull crushing finale, and Beth Phoenix speared Maurice, both of them speared Miz. And then we saw a side by side double glam slam to pick up the victory. My only complaint about this match is the the referee. Not caring that they were all in it. And I thought maybe there could have been like a way for the uh, I maybe some sort of rule that there would have been to make it like okay that they were all in the ring at one time. That was my one gripe with this match. After that, the main event, the Royal Rumble, the Men's Raw Rumble, which opened up with AJ Styles entering like Shawn Michaels with his cut t-shirt, Shawn Michaels pose and all. Number two, Shinsuke Nakamura, and I marked out at this at the thought of getting to see AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura start this. I was hoping to see Bobby Roode and AJ Styles as soon as AJ Styles was announced as number one, but we saw Austin Theory come out. Robert Roode then was number four, and we got a TNA chant when they faced off him and AJ Styles. I thought that was cool. Rich Holland was in it, Montez Ford, Damian Priest, Sami Zayn. Number nine, we saw Johnny Knoxville come out with some of the cast from Jackass. AJ Styles ends up face-to-face with Knoxville. Knoxville hits a forearm straight out of New Japan Pro Wrestling, which was absolutely crazy. But AJ Styles ends up knocking him down. Montez Ford hits a huge frog splash onto Johnny Knoxville and then Rich Holland put him over the top rope and Sami Zayn hit a halluva kick to Johnny Knoxville to eliminate him from the Raw Rumble. But I was very, very surprised and happy that Johnny Knoxville didn't suck. I, I thought it was very impressive. We saw Angelo Dawkins almost ricochet Which Ricochet got the hell chopped out of him by Amos. Chad Gable entered and tried to get everybody to eliminate Amos. I don't know why Damian Priest went by himself and ate an elimination there. But after that, they all, Gable gathered them. They all listened to Chad Gable. And at the end of that, it was AJ Styles who ended up running and helping the group take him out. Dominic Mysterio was in it. Happy Corbin. Dolph Ziggler, who's in his 15th Royal Rumble match this year. Kane holds the top spot for most appearances. Um, So Dolph Ziggler's in second place. But I liked Chad Gable and and Dolph Ziggler squaring off here in like an amateur-esque style match. I really appreciated that portion of that match. But Sheamus came out just as Ridge Holland was getting eliminated. Rick Boogs came out with a theme song. Had no idea Boogs had a theme song even. Mad Cat Moss came out and eliminated AJ Styles, which was very, very surprising. Matt Riddle was in there. Drew McIntyre made a return. Definitely wasn't expecting him. News sites were reporting he was out for a good while. Same thing with Sasha Banks the other week. Wasn't expecting her to return either. Um... But Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss ended up getting taken out by Drew McIntyre. And he continued the attack afterwards. Kevin Owens was out next and literally ran down to the ring to brawl with Drew McIntyre on the outside of the ring. Rey Mysterio came out, sold a very nice stunner or, or had a, a very nice sell to Kevin Owens' stunner. But that was really nice. Kofi Kingston came out and got pushed off the top rope. And landed wrong outside and got eliminated. I felt really bad for that. It was super unfortunate. But I guess out of how many times that Kofi Kingston's done it, it was just literally one time. Kudos to Kofi Kingston. And I'm looking forward to next year's spot. We saw Otis come in there. I liked that both him and Chad Gable came out with the the tag team championships. Dana Brooke didn't come out with the 24-7 championship. But I like that they both did. Big E was in it. Number 27. Kind of a spoiler taking place. WWE, for some reason, I don't know why you would do that. WWE posted a picture of Undertaker, who obviously would be there for Michelle McCool, and Bad Bunny backstage together at the Royal Rumble. And then it's like, okay, maybe, maybe he's just there visiting. It's not... Probably not going to be the Royal Rumble. WWE shop posts a Royal Rumble. Two Royal Rumble t-shirts for Bad Bunny. What the hell? That was a complete spoiler. But I was still very, very happy to see Bad Bunny in the Royal Rumble. Last year we saw him just performing and and do a spot at the Rumble too. But uh, this year he was actually in the Royal Rumble. And I was very happy to see that. He even took Sheamus out, and he took Dolph Ziggler out. I thought that was really cool. Shea McMahon entered, I believe, his first normal Royal Rumble. Took Kevin Owens out, went after Drew McIntyre, which was cool. They were partners at one point. Randy Orton at 29, Brock Lesnar, unfortunately, kind of at 30. I really wish Brock Lesnar wasn't in it. But I really liked that Bad Bunny went up against Brock Lesnar. Bad Bunny ate an F5, got tossed out of the ring. But he was in the final five. I thought that was absolutely crazy. It was literally Brock Lesnar, Shane McMahon, Drew McIntyre, Matt Riddle, and Bad Bunny. After Bad Bunny got tossed out, Matt Riddle ends up getting tossed out right away by Brock Lesnar. Shay McMahon gets tossed out and finally comes down to Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre, which was a nice callback to 2020 when we saw Brock Lesnar on a complete rampage. Ricochet and Drew McIntyre ended up taking Brock Lesnar out of that Raw Rumble. But now Brock Lesnar joins Hulk Hogan, Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Triple H, Batista, John Cena, Randy Orton, and Edge as multi-time winners of the Raw Rumble. Ultimately, like Ronda Rousey, I feel like Brock Lesnar could have gotten his WrestleMania match outside of winning the Raw Rumble. And then fast forward to Monday Night Raw, it's even more confusing. But speaking of Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. It kicked off with Adam Pearce coming out and announcing that Bobby Lashley will defend the WWE Championship in the Elimination Chamber at Saudi Arabia's pay-per-view. Bobby Lashley cut this off. MVP yelled about the match. Bobby Lashley spoke about beating Brock Lesnar. Brock comes out dressed in gear. He spoke about him losing at the Raw Rumble and then how he won at the Raw Rumble and said that Bobby Lashley doesn't have to worry because he's challenging Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. But he also said that he's going to be challenging Roman Reigns at WrestleMania to a title versus title match. And then he wants his rematch on Monday Night Raw. MVP basically saying no and that Brock can go earn his own title shot. And I thought Brock had it like grandfathered into his contract that he gets automatic rematches for titles. But. I guess here that's not the case. But Adam Pearce ends up putting Brock Lesnar in the Elimination Chamber match. So I hope Roman Reigns screws Brock Lesnar in that match somehow. I don't want to see title versus title. After that, Rhea Ripley picked up the victory over Nikki A.S.H. We saw Nikki go for a neckbreaker, but because she posed before it, she took an extra beat Rhea Ripley was able to reverse it into a riptide to pick up the victory there. I don't see this being the end of this feud. But I really kind of do hope that it's ending soon. Throughout the night, we saw Alexa Bliss and her doctor sessions where the doctor showed her a replica Lily doll. And she teared up. And then Alexa Bliss thought it was the real Lily. I think this week was much stronger than last week. So hopefully we continue with these sessions that are more on the better side than than not. And I'm interested in seeing the, the outcome of this storyline. I know a lot of people probably aren't, but I, I liked Lily. I like Alexa Bliss. After that, we saw Miz pick up the victory over Dominic Mysterio, which I thought was a, a chamber spot match, but it wasn't. We saw Miz push Rey Mysterio and Rey later on got thrown from ringside because Miz tripped. He ends up falling and the referee thought it was Rey Mysterio tripping him and that distracted uh, Dominic afterwards when when Rey got tossed from the ringside. Dominic got hit with the skull crushing finale to win or to lose I should say and I thought it was a great victory for Miz here. Great heel victory. After that, we saw the KO show with Seth Rollins as the guest. And Seth announced that he's going to be in the Elimination Chamber match. And he doesn't have to qualify because of how he ended up at Raw Rumble. Showing off against Roman Reigns. And then Kevin Owens tried to get Seth Rollins to go to tell Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville that he should also just have to be in the chamber and not have to wrestle for it. But... Then we see Austin Theory pick up the victory over Kevin Owens to earn a spot in the Elimination Chamber. And I thought it was a good match. Austin Theory reversed the stunner. Kicked out of the Swanton. Kevin Owens hit that Fisherman Sidewinder suplex from the middle rope. And Austin Theory got his foot on the rope. Continued the match. Eventually hit the ATL to win. And... After the Royal Rumble, there were rumors that Shea McMahon signed on for Elimination Chamber. He signed on for WrestleMania. And I thought maybe we would see Shea McMahon cost Austin Theory the victory here. Some big factors came into play here. One being Kevin Owens doesn't work Saudi Arabia. Two being Shea McMahon apparently got released from WWE. Rumors, news came out about him being a producer of the Men's Royal Rumble, trying to produce it around himself. And... I don't know what else happened there. Shane McMahon is apparently gone from WWE. I was looking forward to a WrestleMania match. I thought we could have seen a very good match between Shane McMahon, maybe Austin Theory... Where maybe Stone Cold Steve Austin was going to be the referee. But that's not the case anymore. Angelo Dawkins picked up the victory over Dolph Ziggler. And I was hoping to see more like of an amateur style match between the two of them. But we didn't really get that. But Dawkins is a beast. And he got a maybe a rare hometown victory here. Throughout the night, we saw Alpha Academy's academic challenge, which was that scooter race. I thought Gable being dressed up in the bodysuit was hilarious. And uh, they ultimately, quote-unquote, did 50 laps around the arena and ends up at the ringside area. Our truth started it by waving the flag. I thought that was a nice touch. Throughout the night, though, we saw Dana Brooke... And uh, Tamina was trying to win the 24-7 championship, but it was broken up by the scooter race. So Data Brook got away. Matt Riddle ran into Omos at one point. He ran into the Street Profits. The Profits would not give Chad Gable a drink. But Otis showed up, had a drink for him, which I thought was so funny because it was steak sauce. (laughs) And, And Otis was also dressed like Chad Gable. I thought that was really funny. And... Chad Gable at the very end had the lead trips and hurts his knee and right before Riddle makes it to the finish line Otis out of nowhere bodies the absolute hell out of Matt Riddle and Gable got up scooted around (laughs) Riddle which I thought was really funny and then made it to the finish line Matt Riddle called Chad Gable a cheater And Gable's like, oh, you want a match? I'll I'll give you a match with Otis. And Adam Pearce made it for a spot in the Elimination Chamber, which I thought was really funny because Gable could have been in that position. But Matt Riddle ends up going on to defeat Otis to be added to the Elimination Chamber match. But Otis, ultimately, he was controlling this whole match. Matt Riddle had a few short bursts of comebacks, and they always got stopped. Eventually, it was a floating bro to a standing Otis to pick up the victory there. And I thought it was very good. I liked all this. Chad Gable on Monday Night Raw for as much time as he was this week was fantastic. Even later on, the Alpha Academy had a uh, an interview. And Chad Gable ends up choosing a quiz bowl for round three, which will take place next week. And again, a lot of people complained about that that uh, spelling bee last week and people again complained about the scooter race this week. I think it's fantastic. I'm a big fan of Chad Gable and Otis and I'm a big fan of this being on TV. Maybe with other people, it doesn't work, but here I think it works perfectly fine. After that, we saw Bianca Belair pick up the victory over Carmella. kind of goofy at first. I think the fans just stopped making noise and I think maybe it was because of the goofy start to this match. But I thought it was a strong finish. Of course, um, Bianca Belair hit the KOD to pick up the victory. After that, AJ Styles and Rey Mysterio wrestled a really good match. AJ Styles picked up the victory to be added to the Elimination Chamber. Um, this There were so many, like, even in 2022, we're seeing Rey Mysterio do new things. I remember at one point, AJ Styles tossed Rey Mysterio out of the ring on his stomach. Rey rolled through that. That was awesome. Rey Mysterio also rolled through, he rolled out of what was going to maybe be a a calf crusher. He got out of a middle rope Styles clash. AJ Styles did roll through the top rope senton spot though and turned it into a Styles clash to pick up the victory there and It's matches like this. Monday Night Raw overall, I thought was really a lot better than normal. And for the past few weeks, I think it's been better than normal. Very unexpected. Monday Night Raw afterwards, I'm like, what the hell could they be closing with? Completely forgetting about Ronda Rousey. Who closed Monday Night Raw? She came out and weighed her options for WrestleMania. Whether it be Becky Lynch, whether it be Charlotte Flair. She cut a promo and Becky Lynch came out and hyped up her versus Ronda Rousey being a main event while her versus Charlotte Flair would just be an appetizer. Ronda Rousey ends up tossing Becky Lynch and said that Becky will have her answer on Friday. And then Becky taunts her after Ronda Rousey leaves and Lita comes out. At first I thought it was like an accidental ending where like they they accidentally ended with too much time left. But Lita being there was a big surprise to me. And Lita challenged Becky Lynch to a match at Elimination Chamber, which was very unexpected. And ultimately Becky Lynch accepts. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing Lita versus Becky Lynch, it's in Saudi Arabia, which is even more unexpected to see that. So, that's Monday Night Raw, moving over to NXT. It opens up with a super hot open. Imperium picking up the victory over Diamond Mine, which started as a brawl before the ring, the the bell even rang. Fans in this match, Chet and Walter, they, uh, they don't accept Gunter. But... Walter Gunter ends the match with a huge powerbomb on Brutus, who is the bigger of the creeds. I thought it was a really good match. And later on, Malcolm Bivens spoke about winning the Dusty Classic. And the Grizzled Young Veterans cut them off and basically said that they should be focused on winning their matches rather than facing Imperium for the tag team titles. But I really ultimately hope Grizzled Young Veterans win the whole tournament. So and I hope they become the NXT Tag Team champions. After that, Toxic Attraction came out and said that they're putting the titles on the line at Vengeance Day against Indy Hartwell and Persia Parada. Kaylee Ray cuts this off to tell Mandy Rose that she wants a title shot. And she spoke about the length of her title reign and how she's one of the longest reigning modern day champions in WWE history. Um, and Mandy was like, no. Kaylee Ray spoke about how when she was the longest reigning champion, Mandy was just slipping at WrestleMania and kissing Otis. And she said by the end of the night, she'll get that answer. She'll get that. Yes. And Mandy went to go. Mandy said no. And Kaylee Ray slapped her and then chased Gigi Dolan and J.C. with a a bat. And when Toxic Attraction later on went to leave, we saw Kaylee Ray end up being in the driver's seat, locking J.C. and Gigi, driving off, nowhere, no clue where they went. Throughout the night, we saw them uh, chase throughout the whole building. There was a funny segment. Malik Blade and Idris Anofi were talking about the the Dusty Cup. And Mandy Rose came in, or like ran in, fell right into Malik Blade's lap, and it did lead to a boner joke, but I thought it was funny. And then even later in the night, we saw Kaylee Ray dump a huge bowl of spaghetti over Mandy's head and then threw a cake at her. And in the end, Kaylee Ray said that she wants her title match next week, and she puts down her bat. Super kicks Mandy Rose in the face and hits a KLR bomb to close the show after getting her title shot. That's going to be taking place next week. So it was an interesting close to NXT there, but the rest of the night was really, really nice. Raquel Gonzalez picked up the victory over Cora Jade, which was a decent match. Cora, of course, just wants to be Raquel Gonzalez's partner in the Dusty Classic. And afterwards, Raquel picked her up, shook her hand, and agreed. So, if Asuka's not going to be Io Shirai's partner, then maybe I'm going to see Raquel and Cora Jade win the the whole thing. But I still have my fingers crossed for Asuka and Io Shirai. After that, they aired a video of Pete Dunne challenging Tony D'Angelo to a cage match. I think for next week, I'm not 100% sure, but we saw Seray pick up the victory over Kayla Inlay, which Seray's new um, entrance I thought was really cool because she goes from being in that uniform, holding that sun amulet, and then walking out in full gear, which was like a cool new transformation entrance. In-ring wise, Seray is still just as good. She ended it with her dropkick, and I'm pumped to see more of her. And then later on backstage, she was back to wearing that outfit. And she spoke about her necklace and the powers and whatnot, and Dakota Kai cut her off and made fun of her. So we'll probably see that match next week. They aired a video for Duke Hudson where he said what he did wasn't about Dante Chen. He saw the opportunity and he took it. And that's what he's doing from now on. After that, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams had a promo, a segment I should say, and Trick Williams said that Cameron Grimes isn't ready to face the A-Champion. Carmelo Hayes said that it's hard to believe, but he actually takes the challenge seriously. And Cameron Grimes came out, they went back and forth, I thought it was a decent segment, I feel like we could have seen more out of it, but overall I thought it was decent. Joe Gacy picked up the victory over LA Knight, which spawned from an earlier segment that aired before NXT. During the match, though, we saw Sanga show up from behind LA Knight, and when the referee was distracted, Grayson Waller hit a stunner, and LA Knight ends up making it back into the ring with the 10 count, but immediately lost. And afterwards, Waller yelled at L.A. Knight, basically saying that it's his NXT. And L.A. Knight tried to fight back, but Sangha took him out, and Waller said that if he could defeat Sangha next week, I think it is, maybe he'll think about dropping the restraining order. Do restraining orders work like that? Where the person who has the restraining order can go near that person? I don't know if that's how it works. After that, Robert Stone spoke about why he paid for Von Wagner's fines the other week and why he's teaming with him or why why he took Von Wagner on as a client. He thinks Von Wagner's the future, not just of NXT, but the future of WWE. Future NXT champion, future Universal champion. So it should be interesting to see. What Robert Stone actually does for Von Wagner. And maybe this could be the most successful incarnation of the Robert Stone brand. Not due to Robert Stone, but every other one of his clients, I think with the the exception of Aaliyah, were released from WWE. So, but after that, Wendy Chu picked up the victory over Amari Miller. They had a segment earlier in the night where Tiffany Stratton was uh, talking to Amari Miller backstage about Wendy Chu and saying that if she takes care of her, she'll take her shopping and buy her whatever she wants. As far as the match goes, Wendy Chu's theme song I think is perfect for her. But I like that she's incorporating sleeping into the moves that she's doing. Like the leg lock that she did where she like falls asleep, she wraps her arms around the leg and just like falls asleep like a, maybe like a toddler would do. But Tiffany Stratton ends up coming out, giving Amari Miller her black card, which distracts her. And then Stratton yelled at Amari Miller afterwards because she lost the match and she wanted her card back. But Wendy Chu had her credit card. So I feel like we're going to see some credit card fraud on the next week's episode of NXT. (laughs) Maybe, maybe not. But that's what it seems like it's going towards. After that, Brooks Jensen asked for Dexter Loomis' and Indy Hartwell's advice on a relationship with Caden Carter. And Indy basically said that he should talk less. So maybe that's going to take place next week. We'll see him try to court Caden Carter. They aired a vignette for Nikita Lyons, where she spoke about how her dad was a rock star, her mom was a groupie, and she grew up in a van, traveling the the world, basically, with her parents. And then she's a musician herself, she sang on this promo, this vignette, and we've seen her on 205 Live before, she's very, she's kind of impressive in the ring. But now I guess we'll be seeing her make her way to NXT pretty soon. I don't know when that will be. We also saw a Draco Anthony promo where, or a vignette, I guess, segment video package, where he gets to the performance center earlier than everyone else to train. He works harder than everyone else. And then he goes into the match against Andre Chase and loses. I thought it was kind of a basic match. I didn't hate the match. I thought it was a good match, but a little basic. And we saw Draco step on the Chase U flag, which got him booed. So I don't know. Like if I think about it, Chase U, you would be booing Andre Chase. But here it seemed like because they have the the crowd that all the Chase U students or whatever, it sounds like Maybe they're setting up for Draco to be a heel here. And he stepped on that flag and went to go crush it. And that ultimately cost him the match. I would have figured given that it was like his big match. After that video package, I worked harder than everybody. I would have figured he was going to win. But as soon as the match is over, Andre Chase is done with him. Puts out a challenge to Von Wagner. So... And then the main event, we saw Braun Breaker and Tommaso Ciampa pick up the victory over Legado Del Fantasma. Santos Escobar got up on the apron, which temporarily distracted Braun Breaker. Ciampa, at one point, Joaquin Wilde was looking to cheat. Got pushed off the top rope through the commentary table, and it was a decent tag team match. The crowd went nuts for it. And after the match, Braun Breaker challenged Santos to get into the ring, and Santos left. And that's afterwards that led into the the final with Mandy and Kaylee Ray. But ultimately, I, I've been enjoying 2.0. And that is NXT moving over to NXT UK, kicked off with Oliver Carter and Ashton Smith picking up the victory over Dave Mastiff and Jack Stars to become the number one contenders to the NXT UK Tag Team Championships and I fully expected Dave Mastiff and Jack Stars to win here because I've been enjoying them as a tag team but I don't think that's going to be going on much longer given that Dave Mastiff refused to tag Jack Stars in and he was the one that cost the team the match basically but I'm happy to see Oliver Carter and Ashton Smith get this victory Because I think they're a very impressive tag team. The last time we saw Mustache Mountain face off with them was last year, uh, maybe like September or so. And Mustache Mountain, they weren't champions yet, but they got the victories there. Uh, After that, they showed footage from earlier this week of Nathan Fraser at his car. He had car trouble, so he went to go fix it. And he got attacked by Familia. There's not much more to say there. It's just more set up between Nathan and DeFamilia. The next match, we saw Isla Dawn pick up the victory over Mila Grace, which didn't last long. And it did look like Mila was maybe going to win this, but there was just no chance that she was going to actually win it. Isla Dawn's been on, I believe, some sort of win streak since she's returned. So that... That's that. But they had a backstage segment with Noam Dar, Shaw Samuels, and Gallus. And there was a Valentine's Day, hot, like a date betting board for Noam Dar in the back, which I thought was funny. And Alicia Fox was one of the names. So I popped for that because Noam Dar and Alicia Fox used to be, um, I don't know, a team or I guess you would say a, a group, a stable, a faction. Of sorts, a few years ago. So I thought that was cool. But uh, outside of that, Gallus put a bet on, I believe, Joe Coffey to win the the uh, NXT Heritage Cup, which I don't see happening. Main event saw Mako Satamora pick up the victory over Blair Davenport in a Japanese Street Fight to retain the NXT UK Women's Championship. I still don't really know what a uh, Japanese Street Fight is. But they got about 8 minutes or so into the match and Blair Davenport ends up hitting a double stomp from the top rope onto Mako Satomura who was on the apron. And Blair Davenport slipped off of that and landed on her foot. Wrong. And the match was called off and Blair Blair Davenport will be out with an injury, unfortunately. We don't know... What to what extent the injury is, but she was screaming in pain, so it had to hurt. So hopefully, she's back soon enough and gets healed up. But that is NXT UK moving over to SmackDown. It kicked off with the bloodline and Paul Heyman speaking about turning his back on Roman Reigns and how he apologized to him. And he went through the whole timeline with Brock Lesnar winning the WWE Championship and how Paul Heyman got him that match because Roman Reigns got COVID. And then Goldberg came out and said he acknowledges Roman Reigns as his next victim. Rumors came out, or I mean, it was confirmed by Fightful that Goldberg will be coming back to WWE Fast forward to SmackDown, Goldberg shows up, leads to a match for Elimination Chamber. Goldberg's last match with Bobby Lashley that took place in Saudi Arabia didn't suck. So hopefully this is on that level. This match was supposed to take place at WrestleMania 36, but because of COVID, Roman Reigns pulled out of WrestleMania 36 and it never happened. Goldberg went on to WrestleMania 36 to face Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman beat Goldberg for the Universal Championship, and now we're finally going to see Brock Lesnar versus Roman uh, Goldberg versus Roman Reigns. After that, Ricochet picked up the victory of Ridge Holland in a very quick match. And during the commercial break, Sheamus demanded a tag team match. Leading to Sheamus and Rich Holland picking up the victory over Ricochet and Cesaro in another quick match. This and that other match did nothing for me. Fast forward to the next match. Jimmy Uso picks up the victory over Eric. Viking Raiders have a um, a match against the Usos at Elimination Chamber. Another quick, meaningless match. Aaliyah picks up the victory over Natalia. Now he didn't make the 10 count back in. And not a shocker. Another short match. Later on, Natalia went uh, went to Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville because she wants a match with Aaliyah next week in a pinfall submission match, dungeon style, which was granted to her. And then when she went to tell Aaliyah later on, Ziya Lee walked out of the locker room and Natty walked away. She didn't go in. Drew McIntyre spoke about How after he got injured, he spoke with a doctor who told him that he was not going to be making it back in time for the Raw Rumble. He wasn't making it in time for WrestleMania. So he went and did rehab three times a day, six days a week, and returned at the Raw Rumble. He has focus on Happy Corbin, Mad Cat Moss. Corbin came out and made fun of Drew McIntyre losing to Brock Lesnar in the Raw Rumble. And then Madcap went to attack Drew McIntyre from behind. Drew stops him with the sword and makes him tell a joke. And after Madcap told the joke, McIntyre hit him with the claymore and promised to make Corbin's life hell. All in all, it's nice to see Drew McIntyre back. After that, they showed footage of Sami Zayn from the red carpet of the premiere for Jackass Forever. He was thrown out. He snuck in. And then they showed backstage at SmackDown where he yelled at Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville over it. And he asked what happened to his Intercontinental Championship match. And they offered to it. They offered him the match next week. And he's like, oh, but I have to prepare. Then he offered. They offered it to him for two weeks. So he accepted for that. And they joked about Knoxville maybe being there and. The last time Shinsuke Nakamura defending that defended the Intercontinental Championship on television was September. And prior to that, he won the title in August. So this isn't been like the greatest run at all for Nakamura here. But Shinsuke Nakamura picked up a victory over Jinder Mahal with Sami Zayn on commentary. But given how the other matches went, I thought it was going to be over pretty quickly as soon as Nakamura teased the Kinshasa. But Jinder Mahal moved out of the way of that and then Nakamura did eventually end up hitting the Kinshasa and I think it was like a three-minute match. Very quick. These were like the quickest matches on SmackDown I've ever seen in my memory at least to have that many quick matches over and over again. Well I I thought it was so stupid. But Naomi after that we saw her approach Sonya Deville over what happened with the Raw Rumble and challenge her to a match again and she backed out of it and said that Naomi she could fight Naomi next week but she has a fight with Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. And then Adam Pearce made it official just to like make sure Sonya Deville can't like go back on her word. I doubt Naomi's going to win, but I definitely, I would welcome that. Main event to SmackDown saw New Day pick up the victory over Los Lotharios, where it stemmed from New Day interrupting a Valentine's Day photo shoot from Los Lotharios. And this was the longest match on SmackDown. It was nice to see Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo get this match here. I like both of them. And I thought this match was somewhat decent. I would have liked to see them maybe play up Kofi Kingston missing that spot at the Raw Rumble a little bit. And maybe they did. I mean, Kofi pinned one one of them, Garza or Carrillo in this and wasn't the legal man. He caught that by himself. The referee didn't seem to catch it, which made no sense, but I don't, I just think that was an honest mistake. And, um, I don't know. I liked that the bulldog move that new day did, but they finally won the match after hitting the midnight hour. And hopefully we get to see more of Los Lotharios on TV, closing out SmackDown, Charlotte Flair and Sonya Deville were out in the ring. Sonya Deville said that Becky Lynch informed her that Ronda Rousey chose her and expects a contract on Monday Night Raw, which I I didn't, like, why wouldn't Rousey have just told Charlotte live on SmackDown because she was advertised to be there? And then Sonya said that Charlotte's going to need an opponent for WrestleMania after Naomi loses to her. So, Flair ends up picking Sasha Banks as her opponent for WrestleMania. uh, Sasha wasn't at SmackDown, which Charlotte acknowledged. And then, Ronda Rousey came out and said that she owes Charlotte a beating and said that she'll see her at WrestleMania. Sonya Deville ends up getting in Ronda Rousey's face. Charlotte went after Rousey and she dodged it, only to have Sonya Deville jump on her back. And then Sonya Deville ended up in an arm bar while her jacket was still on. I am so confused. <laughs> like, I guess we're like, are I don't know. Are we seeing Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey? Is that, was that Becky Lynch trying to get the match? It's so confusing. I was very confused at SmackDown as a whole. But that is SmackDown. I'm going to take a quick break, hear a word from our sponsor over at Manscaped, and I'll be right back here on Market Out.
1: Support for Market Out is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Look, I mean, I've done it. Dave's done it. Brandon's never done it. You're down there. You, sh- you know, you're shaved up, making Trevy sure looks clean and fresh, and-, and you get a nick, get a little cutsky there, and it stinks. It's no, it- it's no fun whatsoever. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. It's the ball hair trimmer equivalent of Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. When I tell you this is premium. I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave because we all know that Brandon's gonna need it. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower so that way you don't make a mess all over your bathroom. The one coolest feature is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for closer, more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet shrug technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed Stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. So that way I can charge my Lawnmower 3.0, my camera batteries, and my phone all on the same shelf. Huzzah! If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours and get 20% off and free shipping with the code Regardless. That's one for this uh, read at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS, that's two for this read, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code REGARDLESS. That's three for this read.
0: And folks, if you want your boomer sooner to be fruity, delicious, fruity, fruity, delicious, fruity, delicious, well, then use the code REGARDLESS to get 20% off and free shipping. That's now four for this read. Don't forget to sauce it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Marking Out, episode 574. Head over to manscaped.com. Use that code regardless. Get yourself 20% off and free shipping. Moving over to our AEW Rampage from last week. Um, honestly, going into that episode without even looking at spoilers was like the most predictable episode event that I think AEW has ever put on and I don't understand why and it was dubbed Championship Friday even though they did the Battle of the Belts a couple of weeks ago I didn't understand that either but Jon Moxley kicks off the show picking up the victory over Anthony Bowens in what I thought was a good match Bowens reversed the paradigm shift which was cool to see I think a lot more people are starting to do that which is uh, nice but Anthony Bowens went to use a chain behind the referee's back and got hit with an RKO instead. Max Castor got into the ring and Moxley took him out. And then finally, Moxley hit the paradigm shift to pick up the victory over Anthony Bowens. Backstage, Brian Danielson was watching John Moxley's match. After that, we saw Andrade speak with Darby Allen. Darby ends up pulling out a bat after telling Andrade to leave. But Andrade still wants to talk to Darby's boss, being Sting. We saw FTR pick up the victory over Brock Anderson and Lee Johnson. Lee Johnson is pretty good. Brock, not so much, but he was much better than the last time we saw him. So that's a good thing. And we saw Arn Anderson chop Tully Blanchard at one point. So, like... Nah, I was going to say maybe we'll see a a six man tag here, but there's no way. <laughs> but um yeah, this match they didn't really do anything. Dax didn't even bother to cover Lee Johnson after the spike pile driver. That's how much like it was a meaningless match. Which I mean, it was good for for FTR here. After that, Jade Cargill picked up the victory over Julia Hart to retain the TBS championship. Again on TNT, last week we saw a video of Julia falling into a garbage can and walking into a closed elevator multiple times, which I discussed last week. And now she can wrestle at least even a two-minute match? I think this should have been like a big boot and done situation here. I understand you want to try to build up Julia here, but that what they had last week was just ridiculous to the point of How can we believe that she can do anything with anything? Main event saw Jurassic Express pick up the victory over Private Party to retain the AEW Tag Team Championships. Private Party hit Gin and Juice literally right off the bat, which was nice. I thought that was cool to see, but Matt Hardy ends up using a chair on Luchasaurus behind the referee's back. And eventually Jurassic Express hit their double-team finish to... To pick up the victory there. But the Gun Club. Attacked Jurassic Express afterwards. And they attacked Christian. Knocked them with the tag team titles. But. Out of all of this. I don't necessarily see the Gun Club. Winning those titles. But they did more on Dynamite. Which moving over to AEW. Dynamite. Uh, live from Chicago. It was announced that Brian Kendrick. Was released from WWE. And then like the next day, Tony Khan announced that Brian Kendrick was going to be facing John Moxley on Dynamite this week, which I was surprised by this. And I was excited to see Brian Kendrick. But then old interviews from Kendrick resurfaced on the internet, uh, denying the Holocaust, which was extremely upsetting to hear and read, especially since I'm a fan of Brian Kendrick's. But Tony Khan announced before Dynamite that Kendrick had been pulled as they gather more information. And Brian Kendrick, he did apologize and said those, what he said, those were not his thoughts and were never his beliefs. So it's a step in the right direction, but I I just, I can't believe that was said. Uh, I know there was a clip from... Lillian Garcia's podcast that surfaced also where he was basically saying how when he was rehired by WWE he was flagged for some of those topics in the past and they I guess they told him to clean up his act so and told him that he can't be talking about stuff like that so hopefully he is not like that It'd be a shame, but the match that was replaced was uh, Moxley picking up the victory over Wheeler Yuda. Orange Cassidy was there. Danhausen was ringside with him, and honestly, I think the fans were more interested in Danhausen than this match. And it was pretty much one-sided with John Moxley just evading everything that Wheeler Yuda would do. But at one point, Dan Housen did distract John Moxley right in front of the referee. And Yuda took control from there. He like I said, with Anthony Bowens, he reversed the, the paradigm shift. But he did eventually get hit with it. And went on to lose. And then after the match, Brian Danielson showed up and got in the ring with John Moxley. He put Mox over and said that they shouldn't be fighting. They should be fighting together. And Brian ran down all the other champions saying John Moxley should be champion. He wants to take over AEW with John Moxley. And he wants to mentor people like Wheeler Yuta, like Daniel Garcia, like Lee Moriarty. And he wants to train them to be the future with John Moxley. And he told John Moxley to think about it. So it's like on one hand, I would really like to see that. And on the other hand, <laughs> another group in AEW. So it's like you gotta weigh out your the pros and cons of that, but I'm leaning more towards me wanting to see Brian Danielson and John Moxley having some sort of super group stable. After that, we saw Brandy Rhodes come out where she was immediately cut off by Dan Lambert and Men of the Year. Brandy, I think honestly the, the most notable part of this was her saying that the only reason why they hired Ethan Page was to get to Josh Alexander. Fans hated this segment. Live at least. I, don't, I mean, the internet, I saw a bunch of people praising it, but that's, no. Paige Van Zant came down, brawled with Brandy. The, the women's locker room spilled out, pulled them apart. To me, this was an unnatural segment. It was cringe. I just, I need for there to never be any more Brandy Rhodes and Dan Lambert segments. After that backstage, we saw the HFO or the AHFO. Matt Hardy basically disappointed in private party for losing on... Rampage, and he wants the TNT championship in the AHFO, so for the open challenge that Sammy Guevara has, Matt Hardy's having Isaiah Cassidy step up for the title, not Mark Quinn because he was the one that lost the actual match on Rampage, Andrade showed up basically just questioning what happened with Private Party, and Matt Hardy just, he wants that TNT championship for them. Not going to happen. After that, the House of Black picked up the victory over Penta and Pac. Pac came out blindfolded and wrestled blindfolded. And as much as I wanted to like that, we saw a video package two weeks ago where Pac literally took the blindfold off and said he's not blind anymore. Revealed it to Malachi Black. But taking that out of the equation, I enjoy this match. And Malachi Black ends up spitting the, the mist into Penta's eyes. And House of Black hit their finish, picked up the victory there. Nice little uh, match between them. After that, or it's also weird, by the way. Like Julia Hart shows signs of maybe being affected by the mist. But Pac doesn't really show any signs of... That he's been affected. I think that's interesting. But backstage, Adam Cole. Claiming that he's still undefeated in singles competition. Because Orange Cassie didn't defeat him. It was a lights out match. So it doesn't go on his record. Basically just sets up him versus Evil Uno for Rampage. Nyla Rose picked up the victory over Ruby Soho. Lars Fredrickson was ringside from uh, Rancid. This match... It was only taking place because of their TBS title tournament match that took place over a month ago, if you can remember that. Nyla controlled a very good chunk of this match. Vicky Guerrero, we saw at one point, pull uh, Nyla's leg to have the pin broken in front of the referee's eyes. Referee didn't care. So Ruby Soho goes after Vicky Guerrero, but Nyla pulls her back into the ring. Ruby Soho, at one point, missed that top rope riot kick, which, it looked like a botch, but I don't know if it, I mean, it it led to the finish of the match, so I don't know if it was supposed to happen like that. I didn't understand that. Like, immediately after, Nyla was able to hit that swanton from the top to pick up the victory there. So, but I also, again, I don't understand how Nyla controlled the whole match like that. Like, Ruby Soho kind of fell. Big time. After that, backstage, Gun Club attacked Jungle Boy. Billy Gunn threw him into the snow. It was nice to see some sort of outdoor segment there. And then Christian and uh, Luchasaurus chased them off. Just adding to their feud. Adam Page came out, which led to Dan Lambert again, which made no sense. Jake Roberts coming out, running him down. And then Lance Archer finally came out and they brawled. And Dan Lambert used a chair, which had zero effect on Hangman. Archer continued the attack. And, uh, you know, I I feel like I, I, I would have not, I would have liked for this to not take place. Because they're doing a Texas death match next week. Why do the same stuff in that match that you're going to be doing? Or why do the same stuff in this segment that you're going to be doing in that match? I just, I think I'm really soured on that Texas deathmatch stipulation. And it sucks because Hangman added a page, you could like forget that he's even on the show. He's the AEW champion. And I feel like he hasn't done anything in weeks. He had that like super hot feud with Brian Danielson for a, a quick second. And then immediately, like, what has he been doing? After that, Chris Jericho addressed Santana and Ortiz and said that what they did last week was unacceptable. And he wants to know why they did what they did. So he's demanding for next week in Atlantic City, the, the full inner circle be there. For a meeting in the ring. We have not seen Jake Hager in quite some time. Sammy Guevara has been off on his own. To me, they've been split up for months. (laughs) So we'll see what happens with that segment. I feel like it's clearly leading to some sort of turn with Ortiz and Santana on Jericho. Main event, we saw CM Punk pick up the victory over MJF. MJF rocking some New York Yankees trunks in Chicago. I thought that was cool. But CM Punk controlled the majority of this at first. And MJF ends up using tape to choke CM Punk out with while he applied a sleeper hold. We had a short little burst of a a tease of a GTS, but MJF held that choke hold on and choked him out, won the match. And then when the referee raised his hands, he saw the tape after the fact, which means literally there's 0% that the referee could have known that MJF was using that to cheat. So I thought that was stupid. He restarted the match. And then to top it off, at at what point I thought it was dumb, CM Punk, who was completely knocked out, was able to get up and keep going. There's like bits and pieces of this match that were like really good. We saw CM Punk hit the Pepsi Plunge for the first time in like 17 years, I think they said. Which wasn't the end of the match. And the fans, I feel like, didn't even pop as loud as they should have for the Pepsi plunge. I thought that was cool. Wardlow made his way out and went face to face with CM Punk and then eventually steps to the side and the fans went berserk. I feel like they went crazier over Wardlow stepping out of CM Punk's way than they did for the Pepsi plunge, but he ends up tossing the dynamite diamond ring to to MJF. MJF uses it on CM Punk and wins. And I think what could have been an awesome match ended up being really stupid because of that mid-match gimmick. Like, overall, I enjoyed this match, and CM Punk did a fantastic job at selling his injuries during this match. I think maybe, storyline-wise, it was probably really stupid of CM Punk to hit a Pepsi Plunge due to him already having the bad knees in the match. But... That, that mid-match gimmick was quite possibly one of the dumbest things I've ever seen, and I think it took a lot out of that match. But I'm very happy that MJF picked up the victory. I thought that was awesome. And I look forward to weeks and weeks of MJF using this against CM Punk. But that is AEW Dynamite. Hey, Brandon. Got any shout-outs? Hey, wow, this is Owen Wilson. You're listening to Brandon's Shoutout. The first shoutout is going to Henrik Lundqvist because the New York Rangers retired his number and they raised his jersey banner to the rafters at Madison Square Garden last week. For me, Henrik Lundqvist is one of the greatest hockey players that I've ever gotten to see play live. And if I'm not mistaken, he was in goal at every game I went to after he was signed. Like maybe I saw Steve Valaket once, but I really think it was mostly Henrik in, in goal. I got to meet him in 2007 because my older brother couldn't go. We went to an autograph signing, me, my younger brother, and our friend. So I ended up going to get his autograph for my brother. I got a picture with Henrik, so that was pretty cool. And it's just, it's really cool to see someone that I saw literally from the start of their New York Ranger career is now up in the rafters forever. I think it was the quickest it ever happened for any player. It has to have been the quickest it ever happened. And I was getting goosebumps watching the ceremony when the fans were chanting, Henrik, Henrik because I, I haven't heard that in years I miss hearing that and um I I just it was it's cool my brother got me um, a, a replica jersey banner that they they were giving out so shout out to Henrik next shout out is going to Emily in Paris which is a Netflix show everybody pronounces it apparently wrong it's Emily in Paris, to match the Emily. Not Emily in Paris, like everyone says. But it's a Netflix show, and Peyton Manning was on Saturday Night Live this past weekend to talk about football, but it was literally just about Emily in Paris, which was quite possibly the best thing I've ever seen Peyton Manning do. (laughs) So I thought that was really funny. Uh, And then the last shout-out is pretty much my white whale... It's a top's relic card of Sasha Banks from NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. Every time they pop up on eBay, they're super expensive. A European card game version recently popped up on eBay which was something I was bidding for, but at the last second I lost it at $37. But I just I wish I can get the the normal US card version of it. One of the there's I think there's three different versions of it. I could just take one of them with the ring mat relic i have the bailey one out of 25 already so maybe one day i doubt it but those are my shout outs now it's time for my That is right. My mark out moment of the week on last week's episode of this is us uh, spoiler. I guess maybe if you're not caught up, they had a scene with pro wrestling on it in the background and I didn't expect to see that. They eventually went on to mention Hulk Hogan, Andre, the giant uh, King Kong Bundy too. I thought that was pretty cool. Definitely marked out for ivory and the right to censor stuff. I definitely marked out for bad bunny. Also popped Goldberg's on a brand new commercial for, I think it's Dodge to have people sign up to be some sort of, they say a chief donut maker, I guess a car donut gimmick. I guess (laughs) he joins the list of current wrestlers or, or wrestlers on current commercials. One being John Cena, another being Batista. I'm sure the rock. I mean, he's on, I've seen him on commercials. I don't know what it's for, but. He's definitely on commercials right now. And then uh, 2K, I marked out. They showed off more footage of WWE 2K22 this week. And we do have confirmation that the Thunderdome is in it. With the video boards. With, I think, real people from the, the recordings of those episodes. So I thought that was pretty cool that the Thunderdome makes it. They also showed off Rey Mysterio versus Kane from Cyber Sunday. I don't necessarily know how that makes it as a showcase match, but I'm happy that that version of Kane gets to be in the game. What I don't like from what I saw is how slow the referee was counting. And then like red graphics that come up to signify your, your, you could be close to losing the match. Is What they said, something like that. I thought that was stupid. I thought that was kind of like uh, too arcadey for me, but those are my markout moments of the week and that is episode 574. remember to follow us on Twitter at marking out at bttg161 at Chris Sweendog at David P-T-D-P-T. David and I you could follow on Instagram at those same handles markinout 11 on YouTube and Instagram at CM Sweeney 85 on Instagram like us on Facebook facebook.com/ marking uh, and be sure to head over to prowrestlingtees.com slash markingout. Use the code regardless at manscape.com. Get yourself 20% off in free shipping. And then check out past, present, and future episodes on markingout.com. You could stream it on Spotify podcasts. You could s- listen to it on, on Apple podcasts as well. Give a, a rate, review, and subscribe gimmick there. And then uh, you can follow us at out on TikTok. For Chris and Dave, and myself, we wish you the best of luck in your future endeavors. Have a fantastic